Welcome to the SMY Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Bader. Today's episode is going to be a little different in that it deviates from our regular format. STEAM Night, a celebration of all the work in our schools through the lens of STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, is one of the biggest events during the year and certainly the biggest one-day academic event outside of graduation in South Milwaukee schools. Today, we're going to bring you three audio postcards or snapshots from STEAM Night, one uh, from technology, one from engineering, and one from the arts. But let's start with the arts. Each year, there's a guest headliner from outside the school. This year, it was Ed Steckley, an accomplished illustrator who spent the day with our students drawing, sharing about the profession, and about his work. I spoke to Mr. Steckley after one of his sessions in the library with students. Um, let's hear from him and then from him to students about what they gained from one of his sessions. So Ed Steckley, thanks uh, for taking a couple minutes. That was great what you did with the students out there. Um, how often do you get a chance to talk to art students? Not enough. Yeah. Every time I go to a school and talk to art students, I'm always reminded uh, about, I'm reminded of myself as a young person being enthusiastic about art, but also being frustrated that knowing that I had so much to learn. And people come up to me and they want to know the answers to things, either how do I draw this or how do I draw that or how do I get work? And there is no answer to any of it. All I can do is reassure people and say, it'll be fine as long as you keep doing it, keep drawing, keep practicing hands, keep drawing feet, keep doing this and that. And when you see yourself getting pigeonholed into one either form of art or one type of figure or one type of this, that or the other thing, know that you need to expand a bit so the practicing is fun for me because i've done a lot of it so i've got a couple decades of practice but what i always make sure to tell people is that i still struggle with stuff i still have to figure out pose it it may it might get easier in that i have a bigger tool chest of tricks to draw from but i still struggle with getting it just right Mm. I still have that young artist mentality, and I'm hoping it goes away any day now. (laughs) Um, One thing that struck me uh, from your talk was all the other things you need to know to be a working artist. Uh, You talked about invoicing and billing. I was wondering if you might expand on that a little bit. One of my biggest gripes about art school, and this is from my era, this is 30 years ago, was that I was taught how to sling a brush and I was taught how to render and taught all kinds of art tricks, but I was never taught how to build a portfolio. I was never taught how to do accounting. And I think that that should be, uh, it should be required in all art degrees. But what I'm learning now is that there is more of a focus on business in a lot of fields that where people don't associate with business. Uh, Art schools are doing things, you know, they're they're at least giving you a taste of accounting, letting you know how to deal with the client, how to to dress when you go to a meeting. I still have to meet people. I still have to shake hands and still have to network. Um, If all you learn is how to, you know, sling a paintbrush, there's more to it than that. You have to be good at everything. An old art director of mine, who's kind of kind of a mentor, he liked to use the term. You have to be able to juggle the balls all at once. Think of a you know a guy with like 18 tennis balls, throwing them all up. One of those tennis balls is your technical ability to do what you're being hired to do, mm-hmm. but the rest is 
promptness, being on time, being able to take criticism, being able to work with a team. No matter what you're doing, even if you're doing your own thing, your own comic book, you're going to have to answer to somebody. Somebody could, is, is going to make changes. And I've known plenty of artists who get to that point when they get criticism and they shut down. They go, oh, I'm not going to work with these people. Well, I was never like that. I don't, this, there's a time and a place for that. It's not for me. I work as an illustrator. So I am accustomed to working with teams. I'm not a writer. So I like getting good art direction. I like, oh, try this. I like that. So it's, there's, a, there's a lot to consider besides the basics of learning how to draw, knowing how to draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the theme of today, and I don't know if you've ever been invited to a STEAM event, you know, but science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, STEAM. Um, oh, it's an acronym. I thought it was about trains. Yeah. Well, last year it was called Picking Up STEAM, and this year is See Yourself as an Inventor. Uh, you, I mean, your subject matter is often technology. You do Rube Goldberg machines, right? Mm-hmm. Um any thoughts on how your trade or profession incorporates all those things? That is a great question. But one thing I will I will go back a notch and say this, is that I didn't seek out uh, Rube Goldberg machines. This is what I was very good at as a working uh, artist or illustrator, was I was always very good at seeing open doors. And when someone calls me and asks me, if they see me somewhere and they want to hire me, it's generally them asking if I can do this Uh and the answer is always yes even if I don't know how to do it they don't know that I'm going to say yes and then I'm going to figure out how to do it Mm -hmm. that's exactly how the Rube Goldberg thing started I'm a fan of vintage cartoons I'm a fan of uh, I'm a a huge fan of early 20th century advertising illustration for example so I knew who Rube Goldberg was and I knew the machines and I knew you know some of them I knew what it was I got the I got the gist of it I had to learn how to do it Mm-hmm. And it, right away, I had to do a book. And the book was going to be painted. It wasn't going to be drawn digitally. So I had to learn how to build a machine, how to convincingly sell the machine, and how to make the machine work in physics. Because, you know, the Rube Goldberg machines are silly. You know, the first uh, factor of a Rube Goldberg machine is humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, domino runs are not funny. Marble runs are not funny. A chicken having a bowl of chicken soup raised into her line of view and crying because she recognizes her husband and the tears fill up a bucket and that weighs something else down. That's funny. (laughs) So I had to learn how to do that. And it was a crash course. A lot of being being a freelance illustrator, a lot of it has to do with leaps of faith, having enough self-esteem to pull the job off, not crumbling under pressure. And I have come very, very close many, many times. But now I've drawn and written. When I say written Rube Goldberg machines, I've actually have to sit and write out the parts. I've written a number of them now where I, I know my process for it. But it still is very similar to any other job I would do for like a magazine because you're given a problem. And you're, the reason that you are there, the reason someone like me is there is to solve that problem. In this case, I have to come up with a humorous way to sharpen a pencil. I don't just want to stick the pencil in the pencil sharpener. I want to create the most elaborate, silly way to sharpen that pencil. Because A leads to B, leads to C, and at the end, it's the perfect way to sharpen a pencil. And keeping the humor 
first is something that I always do. There are a lot of parallels. That's a great question. Having them all squeeze into one job, I don't know how I do it, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I hope well, I don't think about it because that'll throw me off. <laughs> well, you just described the whole acronym in one project. You know? Good. I need that in writing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll, I'll notarize it later. <laughs> um, uh, well, Ed Steckley, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, any final thoughts? Did I, anything I left out? Nope. It's good to get out from behind the drawing board. Okay. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for, for being here for our students. My pleasure. Okay, so it's first, just tell me your first names. Um, Angela, Sam. Sam, nice to meet you guys. Um, uh, you're artists. Right? Uh, is this something you want to do with your career? Is this something you're interested in? What is it? It's something I'm interested in, but I think I already have my career set out, but I would definitely try to do it as a side job maybe in the future. What is that? What do you want to do, um, do you think? I want to do something with like the environment um, or like like environmental science is kind of something to a science major, so art's not really sure. in there. How about you, Sam? Um, I would, I, I do definitely want it to be like my main focus. Um, my, my main choice is to be an art teacher. Um, and then maybe even on the side do like freelance um, storyboard animation for people and or just freelance anything. Sure, sure. So um, this is for either of you. What impressions did you have today uh, hearing from someone who has had a career in art? Mm, I thought it was really cool and really nice to see what someone's opinion and thoughts were on it, how he was able to make it into a career. Mm -hmm. That was really cool. How about you, Sam? Um, the way he, um, the way he explained everything, like, you know, he's been doing it for a while, um, and just the talent in general of the main thing he focused on and focuses on still to this day is caricatures. Mm -hmm. So that's so it is really interesting, and I do I do um, I do like it. What's something that you had never considered before that maybe you heard today? Mm, the I mean, I already kind of knew about the whole body, but that it was such an emphasis on like the feet and everything, because obviously everything tells a story, but like I never put too much thought on it too much so it was definitely interesting hearing about like feet placement or like the legs or how the body is mm -hmm. um body posture and the um and like the anatomy of the human skull oh. i haven't really heard anyone explain it that way yeah. before yeah about sunglasses mm -hmm. like yeah. it was definitely cool yeah, yeah it um, was my favorite part you know what i was excited he talked about was that the other things he needs to know how to make an invoice, mm -hmm. how to write an email that's going to get him a job. You know, how yeah, is... it wasn't just art. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah, and using the technology that mm -hmm. he has, right? Because yeah. I always like, think science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, right? Mm -hmm. And it almost seems like the arts was tucked in there. Yeah. But you can see how he's using mm -hmm. each yeah. of those things. Yeah, with um, the shapes and like the proportions of what something has to be, and then like the iPad that he's using, even though he doesn't like it, he's still using it because it's his job, but he's still having fun while doing it. Yeah. Right. Damn. Next up is technology. 
One of the activities during Steam Night was using a cell phone to program a drone vehicle through a cardboard course. It's something our high school students do, and we'll hear from a teacher about why uh, playing with robot cars is educational, and from a senior about what our career and technical education program has meant to him. Joining us now is Ben Quartermont, technology and engineering teacher. Uh, we're talking about what his uh, students are doing during STEM night. Um, what are you holding there? Uh, so I'm holding a Meeper bot. So this is a little uh, remote control robot that students can control with their phones. Uh, they're Bluetooth compatible, and they have some little Lego attachment spots. Uh, so, That's, uh, so I should explain. It's got four wheels. Two um, uh, in the back or the front are smaller than the ones on the other side. Um, they're orange, and they got little black rubber wheels on them. Yeah, so we use these uh, to do some rudimentary coding, so introducing like startup functions and loop functions, so students can program these to solve mazes and different sorts of obstacle courses. And then uh, one thing that I like to do is have them do little uh, demolition derbies with them, so they can design attachments to go on top of them and then sort of battle it out. Uh, it helps kids go through the design process, so thinking of what do they need to know, what... Uh, forethought they have right? to yeah. put in and uh, then they can kind of trial and error their way through it so uh, the design process is all about iteration and improvements and uh, these are a very accessible way for kids to do that mm. with the programming is it like autonomous like like I guess uh, we've heard from the first Lego League and past ones right where they you press go and it follows a course or yep. is this is more super super similar yep yeah. I would say basically exactly the same uh, all the coding is done on the student's phone uh, if I can just pull it up kind of meet them where they're at I guess yeah so uh, a lot of kids don't have uh, prior experience with coding and this this is something I've used for a long time uh, so it's super accessible like K through 12 like all the kids are always super excited to use these sure. so. Um, so how many kids are you gonna have tonight uh, do you have tonight doing uh, uh so doing we these? i believe we have eight kids from our cnc manufacturing class and then a few girls from our SWE or society of women engineers program uh-huh. uh that'll be coming to help out tonight and we have a little demolition derby uh set up and then a few obstacle courses for the kids to program and get their bots through nice yeah nice. did they have to practice ahead of time and for the presentation or how did it work uh mr jekyll did a lot of the legwork on that, so uh, we were co-teaching it, but mm-hmm. no, we are not. Uh, okay. Um, and then, so how did you get these? Where did they come from? Uh, so I went to the University of Whitewater, and initially I worked with uh, Wade Tillett. He was my professor there, and we ran a STEAM uh, club after school at the local middle school. Uh, so I got paired up with them, and they uh, had donated some to that club, and I really liked that, so I had bought them right right after uh, high school mm-hmm. or right after college and i was like hey we should probably get these to more areas in the school so they can be used for stuff like this and for other outreach events sure um and was there there a grant tied to this or how uh yes uh so chris daniels does a wonderful wonderful job uh getting us grants uh so this is tied through the ppb uh, ppg grant and the adopt a classroom uh, so it. it's always very appreciated that all he does and uh, yeah grants help fund a lot of our work sure that's great um, um, anything else that we want to talk about with this or uh, not especially I really like them though uh, they're fairly inexpensive and I think they're a really good way for kids to kind of get acclimated to some of the introductory things to coding and they're just pretty fun to work with so mm-hmm.
tell me your name. First. Sawyer Noah. Sawyer. Nice to meet you, Sawyer. Um, what what are we doing here? What's what's happening with this little robot? Um, well, I've got this. I got an app on my phone. It's called. It's a Meeper Bot app, and so this little bot is supposed to follow through the maze. Um, and I'm having this guy code it by, it's kind of like the same thing as Scratch, like a drag and drop coding, and you can just have the numbers, uh, like you can just code it for how much it spins, how much it turns and stuff, so he's doing trial and error and just trying to figure out what way, how to get this code to really get it through the end of the maze mm. with the twists and turns. And uh, how did how did you learn how to do this? I learned it today. It's just it's just like scratch. So that's how I learned it because I did scratch a while ago, like a couple of years. I, I did it when I was younger, definitely in elementary school. I was like interested in coding, so they taught me scratch. wasn't too hard, just drag and drop. I didn't do anything special, but yeah. What year are you now? Senior. You're senior. Yeah. Um, and what is it about the tech ed kind of path that did you like, or, or are you just I don't here know. for this? Yeah. I think it's just. How I learn. It's just how I... I just love doing hands-on things. I always grew up with it. And then when when I took intro to tech ed my freshman year, even though it was all virtual, it, it was interesting to me. So it was nice to learn how to... Like how everything kind of works. And it's just cool to have all the different experiences that we have around here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is this factor into your future? Yeah. I'm going to be an electrician because I decided that doing the trades is how I learn. And it was how I did the best in school. Because in the trades, in all these tech ed classes, I get like A's and no B's. In my other classes, I get B's and A's. But... It just, like, it was easier to learn this way. Yeah, so it's kind of what speaks to you. Yeah. Right, yeah. Cool. And um, have you made this robot go all the way through? <laughs> no, correctly? I haven't yet, because I started it today, and he's going off the code that I had started, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just getting there. Trial and error. Yeah. Like, yeah? Nice. Yeah, a lot of trial and error. Okay. Thank you. Of course. Finally, engineering as a team sport. The Rocket Robotics team is a pretty intense and fun after-school activity. They unveiled their latest robot at Steam Night and shared what it was and what they want to do with it. So I am at the um, uh, Rocket Robotics table here on the upper level during Steam Night uh, with two of our robotics team members. Um, tell me your name. Uh, I am Damien, and I am a sophomore. Uh, and tell me your name. I am Blaze, and I am also a sophomore. Um, so guys, tell me about what we're looking at here, because it's, uh, it's, it's sound, right? So we want to hear what... Describe your robot. Um, I don't know how to describe it, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> What's it look like? It looks like something that shoots a like, foam disc. Is it stationary? No, it moves. And how did you build it? What did you do? Uh, we got... Um, so, the FRC community has supported uh, our each teams with a kit bot if we wanted to take one. So, our team figured to, hey, let's just take um, the kit bot and see what we could do with it and modify it. So, it's just... 
a cute little triangle with a box around it. It's really cute. Super small. So how does it operate? Is it autonomous? What does it do? Oh, I can answer this can question. Answer so during our game, uh, the first 15 seconds, it has to be autonomous. And so it, we program it to do whatever we need it to do. And once the 15 seconds is over, the rest of the time is uh, controlled by human players. Okay. And the goal is to what? Uh, we're supposed to shoot a green... An, orange. An orange... No. Um, it's a fabric. Um, it is a foam. foam. Uh, it's kind of like a pool noodle, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, but it's a ring. One... And thicker and two. We're supposed to shoot it in um, quote unquote amps or um, I think just mostly amps because that's what our bot is mostly doing. But there's also speakers, I believe, and then there's also a climbing capability where we have to climb onto a chain fence. And yeah. Um, how did you actually assemble it? Do you have to like get a toolbox out and like, put it together bolt by bolt? Most likely. Uh, probably. We're not part of build. Oh, you're not part of build. You Neither are what? Marketing. The marketing. Yeah. So t- what does that mean? What do you do um, for marketing? We handle like social media, getting partnerships, uh, aka sponsors. Um, recently, we got one from Milwaukee Tool. Uh, for a thousand bucks? Okay. Yep. Tell me about it, please. We also do a lot of communication with other teams. We also make a lot of buttons for um, Pit, which is a place where, while in competition, we have like our little designed area, and other teams can come up and interact with us, and we trade buttons. It's like trading cards, except with buttons, we can have it with memes, we can have it with our team, we can do whatever we want, and we also take charge in making sure that we... We also control food, so we um, make sure that people also get the food that we need. We have a designated mentor for that, too. We do. Nice. Food lady. So you guys are the, um, you're the face of the robotics team. You're the ones telling everybody about what's going on. Basically, yeah. So I found the right people to talk to. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, guys. Okay, so I'm here uh, with the Rocket uh, Robotics coaches. Is that the mentors. right term? Mentors. Um, introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is Adam Fleming. Uh, I'm one of the lead coaches for uh, lead mentors for the team, um, and also uh, alumni of this uh, school and the team. So I graduated in 2014. Okay. My name is Justin Anderson. I'm one of the mentors for our business marketing and communications team, and I'm the founder of this team back in 2011. Nice. Um, tell me about. We're here at Steam Night. What is um, what are you trying to show people who wants to take that? Um, big one is we're just trying to show off um, what our club is to the community. So um, in the past, we haven't had a lot of community outreach or community involvement. We're just trying to really uh, bring it out to the community, um, get the younger kids interested in it. So once they get to the high school level, they're going to be excited to try want to join this team when they're there. Um, tell me about the number of kids you have and um, kind of the teams you have them broken up into. So right now we have 14 students that uh, are all sophomore and below. So right now we're working with our, our uh, students to 
develop themselves coming through the next few years because we have a very young team. A lot of teams have everyone from eighth grade-ish all the way through seniors. Well, we're unique because of COVID. Well, we're not as unique because now COVID did it, but uh, we have lost all of our juniors and seniors to either graduation or just moving on. So we're working with all these kids to, to move up, to learn, to become better at whatever their uh, position is on the team. We've got multiple different subgroups within our team. We have our build team who are, as it would sound, building. Then we have our programming team. They program the robot that was just built. Our designers are the ones who will design the robot prior to the builders building it. And then we also have our program, our business marketing and communications team who deals with our outreach to our uh, partners, our sponsors, the school and the community at large, uh, trying to drum up more interest to get more students, more mentors and more partners. Awesome. Guys, thank you very much and thanks for being part of Steam Night. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for tuning in to the SMI podcast and uh, I hope you enjoyed learning about Steam Night. Mark your calendars for February 7th uh, from 4.30 to 6 in the High School Commons. We're going to have a uh, referendum information night. Bring your questions, pop in or pop out from between those times. Um, And if you can't make it, check out our website for uh, more opportunities to find our information table out in the community or drop us a line. There's a form there. You can ask any questions you might have. Um, We want to get as much information out into the public as we can before the vote on April 2nd. Again, this has been the SMI podcast. Thanks for listening.